Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle podcast where we know and believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. In today's episode, Adam, TJ, and Sam Allen discuss the importance of every staff member and player being on the same page when it comes to building a world-class team culture. The episode stems from a recent Lead'em Up session where a head coach participating recognized one of their assistant coaches who wasn't fully engaged in the session and the absolute necessity it is to get them on board for their team to reach their full potential. The episode also covers the importance of being a good follower and the negative impact that comes from coaches being unwilling to do the things that they ask their players to do. We hope you enjoy this episode. Now to Adam, TJ, and Sam. So gentlemen, I recently had a chance to travel out to Oklahoma and do a kickoff for Lead 'em Up with a school district out there in, in Moore, Oklahoma, right in between OKC and Norman. And working with about 200 coaches amongst nine different schools out there, I had a chance to present and, and kick off the Lead 'em Up program with them. So I had all the coaches in the auditorium. We obviously were social distancing, even though there was 200, the auditorium held about 750 coaches so that everybody was spread out it was interesting one particular staff was up front and the head coach uh first year head coach taking over a program i learned that later uh he, he wanted his whole staff to sit up front there in the auditorium just to kind of be front and center and uh front of class uh type thought process there well, if anyone's familiar with Lead'em Up, we've got this little clapping exercise called the nine clap. It's basically we establish a standard for how we want to clap. It raises the level. We believe it drives enthusiasm and engagement and increased energy within the practice. And we always say leaders raise levels and clapping is a great way to simply raise the level. Very simple way. So we, we do this thing called the nine clap, gentlemen. And I was showing and demonstrating and taking all the coaches in the auditorium through the nine clap at the beginning of, of the workshop. Cause I just wanted to establish this energy from the beginning. Well, as I'm doing it, and this is normal for me, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm usually looking out into the team or looking out into the crowd. And if I see people not nine clapping and there's a level to nine clap, it's pretty intense. Okay. If I see people not nine clapping, I kind of, hey, pick it up, pick it up. Hey, I see you over there, pick it up, right? I do those little mentions, right, to get everybody there. Well, this one particular coach within that, that staff that was sitting front and center of the first year coach, one of the members wasn't nine clapping. I mean, he was probably like four clapping when everybody else was nine clapping. And I even made a point. He was one of the few people throughout the auditorium that I was looking at. And, and I called out, hey, pick it up. Pick it up. Hey, that's not a nine clap. Pick it up. And it was after the session during one of the breaks where the head coach came to me. And he apologized for his one assistant coach for not nine clapping. And he came up to me and he said, hey, I just want to apologize. I, I know my one guy wasn't nine clapping. Man, I, I don't like that. He and I are going to have a pretty lengthy conversation later today about it. He goes, I just, want, I just wanted to make that clear. I wanted to bring this up because I absolutely love that that head coach came to me and said that. But more importantly, that he recognized what just took place. And he actually is going to have a conversation about it later in the day. And a lot of people would say, What's the big deal? He wasn't clapping. 
Who cares? So what? It was a silly little exercise. What's the point? And the reality is, I think we need to be so conscious of that common quote of like, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that when you begin to, in your own head as assistant coaches or as coaches trying to lead and create a culture, when you begin to kind of pick and choose when you want to participate, when you begin to uh, selectively decide, eh, I think that's important. Eh, I don't think that's important. Eh, I'm going to participate in that. Eh, I'm not going to participate in that. When you begin to set and establish these standards of, eh, some days I want to, some days I don't, what damaging effect it could have and does have on a team. TJ, I'm going to start with you. He wasn't clapping. Can you see where this head coach is coming from about why he was bothered and wanted to address this issue with his assistant? Yeah, I can. I actually would, I would actually love to hear the conversation. That would be really interesting to me, like the why behind it. You know, th- we've experienced this sometimes even with our, um, you know, PGC Glazier clinic, right, where we try to raise the level of the room and, and quickly there's a, a group of cro- coaches that gravitate towards the back and um, even gravitate out the door because they're like, Hey, I'm not all about that energy stuff. You know, I'm not, that's not kind of the boat I'm on. That's not what I'm thinking. And so, you know, I've oftentimes wondered and wanted just to have the conversation, not in judgment, you know, just kind of what are you thinking? Because I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not the most like gimmicky wired person, you know, like I'm not the most like, ah, oh, it is the rah, 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 right. I'm very even keel in what I do, but I understand the value of raising the level of room. I understand bringing energy, even if you don't want to I understand bringing it, but I think there's those different personalities. So I would love to hear what that coach's response to why they didn't do that, why they didn't meet the standard. Um, but in here, I, I don't know what their response would be, but here would be my, my thought back to them is, and I wonder how, what coach's response was, is, you know, we were in a training session where the standard was set and we were a part of the team. We were a part of something bigger than us. You know, this guy was hired to lead us to do something. We're, we are now not the coach or whatever. We're, we're a team member, you know, and how many times do we ask players to do things they might not like? but they have to do it anyways, right? Like how many times do we do that? So let's just assume that, you know, in that room of, let's just say there's a hundred coaches there, you know, it's likely 50, 60% are kind of like all on board and whatever. And then there's likely that there's another 30, 40% like, you know, this is what I need to do today. And they just do it because they're being a good teammate. And then there's that outlier, that bottom 10%, you know, those three, four coaches, maybe one coach, whatever, that um, just was not conforming, not being a good, good teammate, uh, and the way they're doing. So that would be my, my, how I would draw it to this coach. I would first want to hear their response, but you know, in this moment, whether you agree, disagree, like, or don't like, we were all a part of something that was bigger than us, that we were a part of the team. And most times we find ourselves in a situation where we are part of something bigger than us. And you know, I think how we respond to those moments is really important. Sam, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I got two thoughts. One, I agree with you, Adam. This isn't one of my thoughts, but I agree with you on the fact that I like the head coach addressed it and acknowledged it, and then more importantly, was going to take it away. So my two thoughts are, one, you know, coaches ask players to leave their comfort zone. They ask them to work at a harder rate. They ask them to be a, a greater teammate than what they're comfortable with. They ask them to study academically more than they're comfortable with. So if coaches are going to ask that, then character is better caught than taught. 
coaches have to be willing to live it out and model it for their players. Like you, you got to if you want to if you want to be a coach that, that's going to make impact. And then the second thought I had is if that coach was only going to four clap it. Now, does he, does he get to pick and choose throughout the year when he's committed and when he's not? Is he the decision maker? So does he decide when he feels like doing the laundry, when he decides to feel like monitoring studying hall or cut some film or show up to a meeting? Is, is, he, just, is he the uh, exception and he just does things the way he wants to do them? So there's, an un, there's a small thing that's an underlying issue to potentially a bigger thing. I'm excited to hear what TJ says. Well, you know, the interesting thing is this, we talked about this one uh, on an episode prior about empathy, you know, and uh, one of the things that I wonder is like, this is where the conversation is so important because it gets you going down a whole bunch of rabbit trails right here. Is there a possibility that they read an email right before they came in and somebody's really sick? Is there a possibility that there was something else going on in their life? Like those are things that we don't know. And the other thing is, is if this head coach has had that person working for them for a while, um, I don't know how long they've been with each other or not. It's likely they've seen this before. They've recognized this before. And have they had those conversations prior? So I've got a lot of back thoughts, uh, background well, thoughts. Well, well, let me, let me throw a couple of things out. First year coach taking over a new program. This is a new staff. Does it change it? Cause that was the circumstance. First year coach, first year staff, he was trying to set a standard. He had him sit in the front, right? He's trying to separate himself. Does that make a difference, TJ? Yeah, it does. I mean, it doesn't answer the first question. If there's something going on, I'm trying to give grace. Like maybe there was, but it, it definitely, um, it, because there's no background to it or whatever, I, I think it's probably one of the best things that could happen to their staff. Like that conversation is going to be a really good one because before they even got into the heat of practice or the season going, he now is aware of how his coach is going to show up in this situation. That's why I think some of these, these events like this are so good is because you learn a lot about people when they're not the leader, when they become a part of the group and they have to do something. So yeah, it does, it does say a lot. Like I think it's a, a really good conversation they're about to have. Big thanks to team snap for bringing us today's halftime talk going right in step with today's episode. We have a communication challenge for you this week. Ask one person you are close with and who you are with almost every day of the week what they perceive your body language is normally saying. When you ask them, make sure to let them know they can be 100% honest with you and that you want the truth, not what they think you might want to hear. After you get the feedback, send us a tweet at hardwood underscore hustle to let us know what you learn and what action you might take moving forward to maintain or improve your body language. Thanks again to TeamSnap for all their support of the Hardwood Hustle and learn more about why over 20 million players, parents, and coaches trust them for all their team communication needs at TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. Before we jump back in, here's today's halftime stat sheet presented by ShootAway. The Milwaukee Bucks had the best defensive efficiency in the entire league before the season was suspended in March. However, they also gave up the most three-pointers made per game in NBA history. Their defense of the paint is unquestioned, but you wonder if they can be taken down in a league that loves the three-point shot. We're so excited the NBA is back, and this is one thing we'll be watching for. Thanks to Shootaway for today's halftime stat sheet. Find out how Shootaway has manufactured the most dependable shooting machine in the world at Shootaway.com. Now, back to the episode. 
Yeah, you know, I think a couple of things, Sam, I think you touched on one thing and definitely got on my mind. Essentially, does the assistant coach get to pick and choose when they feel like participating? Right? Like, uh, if I don't feel like it, even if coach wants to lay it out, if I don't feel like doing it, I'm not going to do it. Right? That doesn't work, right? Because I think we have to respect the leader. And I think our role as the follower, we've got to be a good follower, you've got to respect the leader. It doesn't mean you always have to agree with it, right? But you've got to help kind of go with it in order to get everybody going. So I, I agree with you. And I was thinking about that, Sam, because I think that's a big one. I think it's essentially this coach picking and choosing when he wants to engage, picking and choosing when he wants to participate based on his own feelings, based on his own wishes. I think the other thing is, it gives off this impression that you're too cool, right? Like you're just too cool for it. Like, nah, I'm not getting down like that. I'm not going to participate in that. <laughs> That's silly. Like, but are we fighting against that every day within our teams trying to get our players? And, and I remember like the, the head guy that oversees all the nine schools when we spoke before I stepped on stage, he talked about masks, wearing masks. All the coaches had to wear masks. And it almost alluded and connects to this exact point. He said to all the coaches, he goes, I know y'all don't want to wear masks right now. We're going to be in here for four hours. You don't, but you need to. And you need to not only for each other's safety in this room, but you need to because we're going to be asking our players to wear masks when they come in this building. And if you can't do it, you sure as heck can't ask them to do it, right? To that modeling point. I think that's the same thought there, right? Yeah, I agree, Adam. You know, it's funny. I think about this, too. I don't know, TJ, you might remember this, but I think as coaches, we sometimes want to ask our players to do things that we're not willing to do. I'll give you an example that always stood out to me. Bobby Knight, you know, revered back in the day, three national championships. When he went to ESPN and worked on game day, y'all remember the basketball game day they did for basketball? Everybody wore a tie. That was the ESPN policy. What did Bobby Knight wear? No tie, wore his sweater. He, he, against the grain. And I always thought Bobby Knight walked to the beat of his own drum, which in a lot of ways was a strength of his. He, and, and, and helped drive some performance at times. But when he was in Indiana and he was asked by the president, Miles Brand, who since passed away and later became, like he couldn't, he couldn't conform to the leadership above him. Yet, Bobby Knight, the, the, the most stringent and rigid rule follower, expecting his players to do exactly what he says, couldn't fall in line when it was asked of him. And I say that, and, you know, Bobby Knight listened to this. Um, you know, that would be my question. And I may not know. I may, not, I, be, I may be lacking empathy right here, not knowing more to the backstory. From an outsider view, maybe an ignorant view, that's what it appears to me, and I'm using it as an example that I think it's, there is some of that throughout the coaching world that coaches are expecting a standard from their player that they're not willing to walk themselves, and then you fall into a, a, a dangerous zone of hypocrisy, and I think you got to be aware and, of that. And players eat that up now more than ever. Yes. I, I think in the past, they, they may have honored what Coach Knight was saying, even if Coach Knight didn't live it. Now, mm. though – you know, I'll do as you do, not as you say, I feel like from a player's perspective, they're going to watch the actions and behaviors. And if they see coaches 
picking and choosing moments where they want to participate and not and want to do this and not want to do that, they're going to begin to do the same thing. And I love the fact that this whole topic is around clapping, this small little detail of clapping, because it really speaks to what can become bigger issues, right? Because the way you operated in this small thing, if you take that same behavior, you take that, what the kids say, that you take that same energy and you put it over into other areas of the game and to coaching and you're picking and choosing, it can have major detrimental effects. And, and I like the fact that the coach is, has enough foresight and vision to recognize, wow, this little thing that just took place could come back to haunt us down the road if I don't address it right now. Yeah. You know, there's it, it, the one thing that I thought about and Sam gave a great example of Bobby Knight not being able to conform back to that place. And, you know, I think it can be a big blind spot to high level leaders when you're unaware of you believe because you become an effective leader that it's hard for you to become a good follower because you believe so much in your leadership style, you know, and you believe this will get it done. And this is what's going to get it to that place. I, I think back to about maybe three weeks ago, Sam called me and I hope he's okay sharing this, but basically he, he better uh, be, <laughs> but basically he, he, in a very great way, called out my leadership style on some things that I had been doing. I had been probably a little bit forceful in some things and this, you know, my, my tone wasn't right or whatever. And luckily I have people in my life that will, will say that to me, you know, right now, you're not, you're not always being a good follower. You're not always being a good teammate. You're just dominating your leadership style is dominating what's going on. And it, it, and I can get blind to that because you think that that's going well. And maybe, you know, whoever these you know coaches are, could be like, you know, I'm not going to do this because that I'm not going to follow the head coach as the assistant coach, because I know better, even though the head coach is the head coach, I still, and, and that, that can play in. And I think anytime that, that plays in is a good time to, to check yourself and to figure out like in your own leadership style, like what are my blind spots? And I think that, I think a lot of leaders, Bobby and I was a great example. His leadership style worked for him. So the thought of anybody else telling him to do that now, I don't know if it worked at the end of his life and I, it worked in his moment to win a championship, but the thought of anybody else telling him to do something is beneath him because he believed his leadership style worked and somebody else was giving him a different way of leading. TJ, as we wrap up here, last question. You're the head coach. You're talking to the assistant coach. I'm the assistant coach. I did not nine clap. You asked me and brought it up. Hey, I know you weren't nine clap, and even Adam up on stage kind of called you out. He still didn't even really do it even after that. Like, what was going on? And this is my reply to you as the assistant coach. And I want to hear you actually talk to me, all right, as the head coach. I mean, ah, man, that was a silly little exercise. I mean, it's not a big deal, coach. This is not a big deal. I mean, no, no biggie. I mean, it's just, I mean, ah, it's nothing, man. I didn't even think anything of it. You know, Adam, oftentimes the way you do anything is the way you do everything. You know, and, and things that are, are beneath you, we're not setting the example, not buying into, you know, what was bigger than us. Like this, this exercise wasn't about you. This was about the team participating in this exercise for a particular reason and your own personal thoughts needed to be excluded from this. This was what was asked of the team. And it concerns me that the way you do anything might be the way that you do everything. And so when you don't like something, is this the approach you're going to take when you don't feel like that, you know, the drills that I gave to you are the right ones, what approach are you going to take? 
And uh, what, what will, message will that send to the players that we're coaching? Hey, that's why you're the best. That's why you're the GOAT, TJ. <laughs> I love the word concern. It just concerns me. It's such a very powerful word, yet not overbearing word. Mm. Just concern. It makes me concerned. So, TJ, well done, Sam. Appreciate you joining. Coaches, sometimes even clapping, the small things, makes a huge, huge difference. Appreciate you listening. I'm Adam. He is TJ. Together, we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out. Coaches, one more thing before you go. Have you ever had a desire to improve your team's communication? Have you ever had moments where you just get frustrated that they're not bringing the energy and the life in practice and maybe even in games sometimes? Has there ever been moments where the focus and their engagement doesn't seem to quite be where it needs to be and you just sit there and think, man, I wish I had some type of exercise. I wish I had some type of drill or activity that I could do to change all of this. Coaches, I want to encourage you to check out Lead Em Up. We've got a ton of exercises, drills, and concepts designed to improve the certain aspects of your player's character and leadership to help you improve as a team. And when the player improves as a leader, your team will grow as a result. And we always believe when the leader improves, everybody wins. So coaches, if you've ever had that desire, maybe you've even gone to the stretches of Googling communication exercise or Googling how to get my team more excited, how to get my team talking, any of those different things that we all deal with with coaches, don't stress any longer. Go check out leademup.com, get signed up. It's only $99 and you get access to our full library for the entire year filled with drills and exercises that you can use today with your team and change everything about the momentum and direction of your players. Coaches, want to encourage you to check that out. I think it'll be a valuable resource that will help you as a coach. Hey, I'm Adam. Till next time, we're out.